Welcome back for another episode of the Undercard Podcast. This is episode number seven. And tonight you've got myself and my co-host, Rakim. How you doing, mate? You all right? It's going on, bro. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, another productive week and uh, been uh, looking forward to getting back out and chatting to you really about a very exciting card to come up and uh, a less so exciting one that's just gone by, but uh, we'll jump straight into that first of all, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the fight night between Rosenstrike and Sack. <clears throat> I thought we'd start this one um, just by talking about the fight of the night. So, for me, an absolute standout for uh, the fight of the night uh, performance bonus. Um, which was between uh, Santiago Ponzanibio and uh, Miguel Beza. How did how did you enjoy this one? No, I thought it was a sick fight. To be fair, both of these guys looked like they looked like they were ready for a war going to the octagon. And um, I remember watching it live early on Sunday morning, and it was a, it was it, I thought it was I thought it was a sick fight. Definitely definitely deserving of fighting night. Um, I'm not really, or prior to the fight, I wasn't really aware of Miguel Beza. Was he Santiago Ponzinibbio? Um, he's, he's fought a few of the other guys, or a few of the other ranked guys in the division. Um, he's had some good scraps with those guys as well. Um, so going into the fight, I was kind of expecting or anticipating for Ponzinibbio to win. Um, but the war that they put on and the absolute the live fight that they put on was absolutely sick and it was fantastic. Yeah, but Ponzinibbio was absolutely tagging them up at the end, wasn't he? I mean, they were tra- they were trading throughout the fight, and both of them uh, both both of them looked great, like you say. But um, and I'm the same as you. I didn't know too much about Beza before the fight. I think he was he was ten and zero uh, coming into the fight. Yeah, I think yeah, he fought. Yeah, he'd only fought a few times in the UFC. I think I, re- I remember him from the Contender series a while back. Um, but yeah, and he. <laughs> He doesn't. Um, he didn't look like a guy to me, anyway, going in there um, that was going to cause any trouble for Santiago. But actually, gave a really good account for himself. And uh, you know, it's uh, he looked disappointed at the end that he hadn't won the fight. He, he clearly thought he'd done enough. But um, yeah, San- Santiago for me was a winner all day. You know, I scored him the last two rounds definitely. But, yeah, that, um, that that third round was insane, bro. Yeah, and he, and he did, didn't he? He was tagging him for about That's a minute it, and a half. Just insane. everything, everything, everything he had there landed in, in <laughs> at the end of that round. Yeah, I think even even after the bow, he stuck one on him as well. Did you see it right at the end? I think he tagged him with one on the bow, and then afterwards he swung over with his other hand. <laughs> no, just didn't want to stop. They were loving it. But one one thing I will say though, um, very quickly, is that. Uh, Obviously, it's, it's Miguel Beza's first loss now. Um, one thing I guess you kind of have to sort of pay attention to is how how you bounce back from your first loss. Because obviously he's ten and zero. Well, he was ten and zero. Um, now now he's ten and one. When you go on a streak of when you go on a big streak of wins and you and you know you get you get accustomed to 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 winning. 
how do you bounce back from that first loss? Because obviously that first loss is going to be the hardest loss. Once you've already got that, once you've already got that one in the in in loss column on your records, this I guess it gets a bit easier accepting like losses granted within reason. But I think we kind of have to pay attention um, and, and and see how we respond to this loss now and this well this first loss and 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 what happens because he looked he, he looked really good man for the division. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> you know. He's a, he's a relatively young young fighter, and Ponzinibbio's 34 years old, isn't he? He's been been in uh, the UFC for a while now, and as you said, he's he's fought some of the some of the well-known guys in the division, in the likes of Mike Perry, and uh, he fought Neil Magne not too long back as well, and beat, beat him, didn't he? And uh, yeah, I think oh, that was a five rounder as well, wasn't it? Um, so you know, he's he's fought lots of big names. He's he's come through some really big big results. Um, I th- and, he, and he is ranked, isn't he? You know, he's a ranked fighter, um, or he is at least now. So he was close to the rankings beforehand. So, but you know, Beza can't be disappointed with with what he did. But as you said, you know, and we've seen it with a couple of couple of guys now, haven't we? Where they take a loss and slowly start to slip off a bit. Um, we can highlight Shabazian from the other week. Obviously, I was quite quite high on him and Hermanson <laughs> kind of sat him back down, you know, so it's a similar kind of um, kind of looking really there. It's just, it's just the way the sport is like a lot, a lot of the sport is mental game, bro. And, and, and how you can bounce back um, is, 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 is a big skill. Um, do you need in, in, in this sport? So it's like, hopefully he bounces back and he's good. But credit to Pontinibio because he was he was really good in the fight. And that third round, like I said, was insane. So go watch it. Yeah, it really was. Um, well worth the watch, and you know it will certainly be talked about in in the fight of the year contention. I think um, come December. What did you uh, make then of the two heavyweight fights? So these were two of uh, two of four finishes for the whole card, which was obviously quite disappointing. Um, and I guess with the heavyweight fights, you do kind of expect a finish a lot of the time. Uh, we'll start with the co-main with um, Ty Bora against Walt Harris. Then, what do you make of that? Yeah, I thought I got this one completely wrong, man. I thought Walt Harris is going to knock Ty Bora out, and I thought I think I put round two was my prediction, maybe, um, and I got that completely wrong, like. Walt Harris gets knocked out in the first round, bro. Like, just absolutely shocking prediction on my part. But I think for Walt Harris is that, I don't know, he just, I think he just come out too aggressive. Yeah, um, I agree. Come out way too aggressive, I think. And just credit to Tiger, he just done the thing. Yeah, I'm not really sure where Harris goes from here because. He's got, I think it's three losses in a row now. Um, yeah, it's not good for him. He lost to Overeem, didn't he? That was the, that was the start of his losses, I think. And then uh, Volkov at the end of last year, and now obviously Tybora. It's just yeah, it's really not a good spot for me. His record's not the best anyway. So you know, he's, he's certainly not going to be up and about the up and about the top of the rankings. Um, now and 
Tybori, it's that, it's that Polish power thing again, isn't it? We spoke about with Jan in the past. Um, you know, he's got, that heavy, he's got that heavyweight power and he just, you know, when he got down to the ground and pat and that was it, it was always over, wasn't it? So, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, I just don't know what, don't know why now for what. Like I, I, I did want him to win. I did think he could win, but it's kind of obviously from the points you mentioned earlier. It's where, where does he go from now? Obviously, he's still ranked. Um, I think he's he's 11 in the rankings, so he's still ranked in what's quite a weak division anyway. So that's not really that good. They're all they're always a lot older, aren't they? The heavyweights. So I was going to point to uh, the fact that Walt Walt Harris is 38, um, 38 years old, and you know, for some divisions, you would say that's you know they're getting on a bit at that point. Um, but in the heavyweight division, they do tend to be that bit older, don't they? He's. Yeah. I don't want to say he's finished in the UFC because that's, uh, you know, I expect he would probably still get a couple of fights in the UFC. Um, but, you know, if you're not challenging for a title and you're not at the elite levels of, of the game, uh, it, it's hard to see why you'd, why you'd stick around. I know you get the payday when you fight, but uh, he could go and make a name for himself in a different, um, you know, under a different label, essentially. So... It'll be interesting to see what he chooses to do and whether the UFC have him under contract. Uh, I don't know if he's how many fights he's got left, but um, it'd be interesting to see what kind of route he goes down there because uh, Tybora, you know, saw him off quite quite easily really when when you look at it in that respect. So yeah, he just got his game plan completely wrong. I think um, coming out, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, coming out a bit way too aggressive. In the first, well, not straight away in the first, in the first round of the fight straight away. Um, and I think that yeah, he just completely got his game plan wrong. It's just, it's just back to the drawing board now. What, what next? Could move to a different division, uh, sorry, different promotion. But I don't think he's got the the longevity, as you mentioned, he's no. 38. So he'd have to have a few fights in a, in a promotion first before he's even in, sort of title fight territory and the only person really that I can well, unless you know Yoel Romero I don't think in his physique going past for going past for you I don't know bro I don't know about that yeah that's it isn't it it's um like you say with Yoel he's kind of bloke and get away with it but uh yeah these these guys <coughs> At the top of this heavyweight division, anyway, as, as we transition into the next fight between uh, Rosenstrike and and Sakai, um, you know they. It's, it's this it's this it's this narrative of this heavyweight division, isn't it? Where there's such a it seems like there's such a gap between the top two or three fighters um, compared to the rest of them, and you know it was evident when you when you watched uh Tybora against uh Walt Harris and also in the Rosenstrike Sakai fight. I just I just thought you could see the quality if any one of them stepped in with Ngarno uh or even Stipe, I just think they would just be dominated all fight or, or, or put out nice and early by Ngarno, you know? 
Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think that this this division's weak. I think it's very weak. And outside of Stipe and Ngannou, there's a definite sort of decline, I would say, in the ability of the fighter overall compared to Ngannou and Stipe. Yeah, and, and even even in um, you know in in Sakai, obviously he, he lost there in the, in the last second of the first round to Jarzinho uh, Rosenstrike, and it was it was a great it was a great hook um, from Rosenstrike. But as you say, it was it was very unfortunate to be caught like that in the last second. It's quite um, quite a, um, an eventful first round as well. It was, and I think they both kind of just knew that sort of you know one one mistake and the other one could easily knock the other one out it's just, it's just too too much power isn't it that's the problem yeah, sometimes it's just, a, it's just a cagey cagey round and and the thing that they were both trying to prevent one of them didn't and they had a mistake caught him caught him in a position that he shouldn't have been in and next you know you're on the floor yeah and what I was going to say on Sakai really is that he just he just looked chubby. Like he looked really really quite. I think we said I think we said yeah, before yeah, he looked yeah. like he was carrying quite a lot of weight anyway. Yeah, we definitely we definitely spoke about this. But he just looked like he looked wobbly, didn't he? Like <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. And uh, Rosenstrike looks like he's a proper filled out heavyweight. Um, you know. And I, I do think with Rosenstrike, obviously he lost to, he did lose to Ngannou, didn't he, when he fought him. Um, but, you know, it just takes one punch with these guys. That's, that's, I know it sounds so simple, but it does because they hold that much power. Uh, it's almost a shock sometimes when they land one of those huge hooks or uh, uppercuts and they're still stood on their feet or they or they only get slightly wobbled and they don't go flat out. Um but you know, Rosenstrike got knocked out in 20 seconds against Engarni. But surely, if there's an opportunity down the line, if you know, if he wins a fight or two now um, towards the top of the division, surely he's got to get another shot because that can't be enough to say, <laughs> you know, you've been beaten by this bloke in 20 seconds. You're not going to get a title shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I've got to give him like, yeah, I've got to give Rosenstrike like sort of an olive branch really and he has got a, he has got a a claim to that second fight because you, you can't base it off just 20 seconds can you really like you can't can you no no and that's it but i think as we kind of said you know there wasn't much activity in the first round so he didn't really sell himself even though he got the knockout um you know a, sta- a statement knockout as well even though he, he finished the fight, he didn't. I don't think he climbed in the rankings as a result of it or anything. So it wasn't like a like a big statement for the division or anything like that. He just kind of did what he needed to do, and it's a it's a move on paycheck. kind of job. That's it. So I was, do you know, what I was really surprised at actually in in both fights. Neither fighter. I don't I don't know if you realised, but neither fighter called seemed to call anyone out. Like you've yeah. got you've got prime opportunity, you know, on a on a 
on a double uh, heavyweight fight, co-main co and main event, and either one of them calls out either the other, like for Tybora, he could have called out the winner of Rosenstrike against Sakai. Obviously, they were to come up after. Um, or even look a bit further up the card. You know, I know most of these guys are booked, uh, and Garno against Lewis is obviously booked in. Stipe is not booked. I, I don't um, I, I don't I don't see Stipe not fighting unless it's for the belt. Unless it's for the belt, yeah, you're right. And 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 he he has been quite inactive, hasn't he, with those um, Daniel Cormier fights over the years as well. But yeah. the the one I thought and I couldn't see it why neither of them called him out was Curtis Blades. Bro, he's not got a fight. Bro, I was thinking the exact same. Yeah, he's he's not got a fight. He's fourth in the rankings. Like, why would like, call him out? I'd like to see, I'd like to see Tybura fight Blades. I'd like both of them. Either one of these guys against Blades, and I think you know you've got pretty good matchup either side. Uh, but I, yeah, Tybura actually probably would excite me a little bit more now you've said that. I reckon Rodishu could beat Blades. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely got the quality, isn't he? Like I say, he's he's a, he's a very good counter striker, um, but he's very conservative with it. So you know he will stay quite inactive throughout a round, and he waits he waits for that error. That's all he does. He wait he waits for you to make one kind of misstep or or one kind of mismovement almost. You know, you step the wrong way, like you said, and he'll just catch you with something slight, and there's another punch over the top, and it's and it's over. Yeah, I think obviously one of the upcoming fight cards is headlined by a heavyweight fight, which will be quite interesting for the division movement. Um, and I think once that fight, once that fight is concluded, and said fight is obviously Cyril Garnet versus Alexander Volkov. Um, I think I think it might be. I want to say it's either the first or the second card after 263. But obviously the winner of that fight, that'll be interesting for some movement in the division. Obviously coming off the back of Rosenstrike beating uh, Sakai, Taibura beating Walt Harris. So I think that the division is weak, but I think that it will be interesting movement within. Yes, there will. And, you know, you point out that... Um... Cyril Garn fight against Volkov. That's that's one that excites me quite a lot for the division. Um, I think that's at the end of this month. I think it's the last weekend of June. Um, but Volkov's obviously an incredibly experienced fighter, and Cyril Garn is eight and zero, new new really to the sport. Um, you know, Volkov's Volkov's no fool. You know, he might have been around for a long time, um, but he's only, you know, he's only 32 years old. Uh, he's put some good good runs together in his career, um, so he's he's definitely got an opportunity to kind of step things up if he if he can beat this kind of up and coming young guy. Yeah. Um, and climb back up to the to the top parts of the division. Um, so he's it's, that's definitely one to watch out for, and it will be an exciting fight for sure. Obviously, we'll cover uh, we'll cover that fight in an upcoming episode in further detail. But just overall as a whole, heavyweight, there will be some interesting movements, and 
like I'm like like mentioned last week, I do think that Ngano is going to be champion still, and I think you probably will for a while. Yeah, but like you said as well, these with these with these uh, this division in particular, I guess it's about injecting a bit more. Um, excitement back into the division that's it isn't it you know just to um you know just to give it a bit more life that's just it just seems very stale in the heavyweight division and that's not the way the heavyweight division should be for me it's the division that you know you tune to see a big knockout and 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 all that so not not five minutes of a fighter standing off the other one uh you want to see him just go for it don't you yeah for sure standing bang man that's it but anyway, we're going to take you on, um, as we say, a relatively underwhelming card. We did have a couple of notable mentions that we will just throw in there. I will shamefully say again that uh, the fight I picked out between uh, Tom Brees and uh, Arroyo uh, did fall off just moments before it was supposed to go ahead. Oh, your commentary is cursed. I am mate, honestly, and I think uh, I think I need to stop uh, stop picking the Brits now because every time I seem to do so, they either underperform significantly or uh, or they don't turn up to the fight. So <laughs> yeah, but you Not had um, you had a pick, didn't you, with with Mason Jones? So uh, how was that one? Oh man, this is. This wasn't good, bro. This wasn't good at all. Obviously, he lost. Mason Jones lost his first fight in the UFC, so it was quite, quite getting for him already. Um, and I think this fight, I think Alan Patrick's just an absolute joker. Um, I think that, I think that he probably knew that a loss, and he's on thin water, so it's kind of. In thin water in terms of being axed from the from the promotion, so I think that it's just an easy way out to just take the no contest and it's a, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. Yeah, Mason lit him up, didn't he, for the for the first round? Bro, bro, yeah, bro, we had him, man. Had him, bro. That is exactly what what you expect to see from this guy. And, it, and if anyone's never seen Mason Jones fight before now, you know, he come come through uh, Cage Warriors, didn't he? That is, the, that, that is the kind of excitement you can expect from this guy in the UFC because that is what he will bring to every fight. So um, big, big shame that that's been awarded a no contest. And, you know, Hopefully the guys get back in there, whether they fight each other or, the, or they give Mason a different fight. Because uh, clearly Alan Patrick was was too blinded from that uh, from that eye poke. Um, but yeah, fing- fingers crossed he can get back in there sooner rather than later because he didn't look like he really got touched in that first round. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember after the fight, I think it was on Sunday, maybe like Sunday evening or whatever it was. I remember Mason Jones putting up, or I remember seeing Mason Jones put up a post on Instagram. Um, I think he, I think he, judging from the post, I, he seems eager to get back in there, um, and rightfully so, really. You know, right, like he's he, he's probably going to feel as though he's being stripped of 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 a win, and um, 
he was like you said, he was he was torching, he was torching Alan Patrick up. Alan Alan Patrick's thirty seven, so like he's already had two losses. This was this was gonna this would have been his third loss. Um at the at thirty seven against against a young you know, young up and comer. I think that he knew he, he knew what he was doing or what he was dealing with. Um in the lightweight, which is already a stacked division as it is, and took the easy way easy way out, which is shocking in my eyes. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and uh, it's it's not good to see. But as I say, we'll we'll move on from uh, that fight night card then, shocking, and we'll take you on disappointing. Yeah, on that on that on that sour note, uh, and we'll take you on to a very, very exciting weekend of fights uh, at UFC 263. <clears throat> this is some card. <laughs> and oh, this is, bro. Waiting for a treat. This, this has been quite a, quite a mix and match card, hasn't it? Because it's had um, fights that have come into the card uh, that weren't there before. Uh, and we've had a couple of fighters already drop out and, and, and a replacement come in, I think, a bit further down on the undercard there. Yeah. Um, but we'll just go from the top. I mean, where, where else can you start, really? Uh, there's been a lot of a lot of hype around uh, this fight in particular, but, but, but the whole card in general. Um, and I don't know if you saw on, the, on last weekend's fight night, they did... Uh, they did a live interview between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori, who, yeah, will, be, yeah, yeah. who will be the main <laughs> event for this weekend. That, that was incredible. I enjoyed every second oh, of that. I thought so... it was brilliant. Um, you know, Adesanya was just there, cool as, cool as day, you know, sat in his robe or whatever it was, just in his hotel room. And you had Marvin Vittori just there. He was just he, he was there to wind him up. You could just see it. He was loving every second of it, taking it. I just thought I just thought it was brilliant from the UFC. I just thought it was a great bit great bit of television. I was like, what, 10, 15 minutes of it? I was like, I could have watched more of that. <laughs> I, oh, I was class. It was so funny, but this fight, this fight's this fight's gonna be good, bro. It's gonna be good. Yeah, just just for context, so it's a it's a title fight in the middleweight division. Um, Israel Adesanya is coming down from a loss to Jan Blahovic at light heavyweight, his first ever loss, and he's coming up against Marvin Vittori, um, who has a very good record in the middleweight division. Uh, he fought last time out, didn't he, against Kevin Holland, which was a very convincing victory, however boring we thought it was at the time. But since basically these two fought back in 2018, and Israel Adesanya won the fight, and Marvin Vittori has since gone on to win five five fights in a row since that fight, so you can say making improvements along the way. How how do you see this fight? How do you how do you piece together this puzzle between these two guys in what seems like I guess a bout that's been going on even outside of the octagon really? 
Yes, it's always fun to see um, trash talkers and you know their animosity outside of the octagon. Um, Izzy had it with Paulo Costa when those two were in the run up to their their fight, and that was that was interesting. And even even to this day, they they take pops to each other here and there when they can. So that's 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 fun and. With these two, obviously the history between these two, Izzy, Izzy, when well, when they last fought in 2018, Izzy won by a split decision. Both, all three judges scored the fight 29-28. Two give it to Izzy, one gives it to Vittori. From from then onwards, you mentioned Vittori's won five fights since. Four of those fights being decisions, and they've all been unanimous. So I think that, I think personally, I think this fight is probably going to go to go in the distance. I think that if it does go the distance, then I think that Vittori will have a better chance of winning the fight via decision. Granted, it's going to be five rounds, so you've, you've got to factor in the two championship rounds. But both of these guys have got no issues with their cardio and their stamina, I don't think, anyway. And I think that Vittori, where, where Romero went wrong, I think Vittori will... Do better. I think Vittori will come in with a similar game plan to um, Romero, but I think he'll be able to execute it better than Romero did. Um, I'm, I'm still standing by. I think Izzy will win, and I think Izzy will still be champion at the end of the year. I'm, I'm still standing by that, of course, but I think that Vittori has definitely improved on from their last fight. Granted, so is it. So is Adesanya. But I think that it will it will be a very very interesting fight. I do think it will go the distance. Yeah, uh, I like I like the thinking with the, with the distance and the, and the fact they both got exceptional cardio. Yeah. Um, both both guys have shown you know that they can they can go for the for the full uh, full amount of time there. And with and with Vittori as well, you know, cardio is never going to be an issue for him because. The way he fights, you know, he 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 gets the fight to the ground. Uh, he applies a lot of pressure. Uh, he doesn't allow the opponent time to kind of get up and breathe. Nothing like that. So he's always looking for the next attack. Almost. Um, he. I just. I must admit, I didn't. I, I said at the time, I didn't enjoy that Kevin Holland fight, and maybe maybe because I like Kevin Holland and. And Vittori uh, is not someone, not that I'm not fond of, but I just don't think, I don't think he adds too much excitement, um, you know, in, in the fights anyway, out, outside of it. As I said, he's shown that he can uh, he can trash talk as much as anyone else. Yeah. But it's, it's tough for me to see how Vittori is any different really i know i know he's won all of his fights since he last fought but i can't see how how he has made enough improvement against the improvements that izzy has made uh for him to come out and beat izzy uh in the, in this fight i just i can't see it myself and i and i see this narrative you know people online saying <clears throat> you know that vittori's got enough in him now to win this fight and that he's a much better fighter and all of this. Don't dispute that. That doesn't. 
it, it doesn't change the fact that um, Adesanya is has has a big height and reach advantage, and he's uh, also improved as well. Like he, exactly, exactly. Like Ades- the, I think you got to compare the guys Adesanya's fought to the quality of guys that Vittori's fought. Yeah, well, you you look you look at those guys. I mean, you list them off and you just say, you know, how has he got this record? So since since Adesanya fought Vittori, he beat Brad Tavares, Derek Bronson, which is a which is a big notable in there because he is heavy on the wrestling. Um, Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, Robert Whittaker. Again, incredible fight. Um, Robert tried to take it to the ground, didn't he, a couple of times? Yeah. Uh, and Izzy was having none of it. Uh, Yolma Romero, another one obviously you mentioned in there as well. Um, tr- he should have tried to take it to the ground more and didn't just could not do it. Uh, Izzy just did not allow it. Uh, Paolo Costa was the other victory. And then obviously that yos- loss to Jan. And, and for me, in that loss to Jan, he gave us such a good account for himself um, at a higher weight division. And it was only when Izzy looked, I guess, to be out-conditioned in the later rounds because of because he was going up 20 pounds or so in weight that he looked to struggle against a very big Jan Blahovic. I don't think it was anything more than that, personally. Yeah, yeah I think it was just... Um... Izzy asked too much of himself to go up a division, and also it's not it's not just a division though, is it? That that jump between middleweight and light heavyweight is massive. You compare, you know, compare some like ten pounds between. That's it. Ones. Some divisions are ten pounds, aren't they? But that's that's a twenty pound jump, and and then when and we and we said it last week again that uh, you know Jan Blahovic is a big light heavyweight it's not like he's one of these smaller guys who's kind of bouncing between weight Jan probably goes in that in that cage against Izzy not far off the heavyweight kind of range in terms of uh, in terms of his weight so you know in terms of size matchups and putting yourself at a disadvantage and Izzy will never never say anything about this I don't think he's that kind of person uh, but there's there was a definite disparity between the weights and um and the type of fight they could offer under that weight limit you know the power they could generate and things like that so it it, it'll be interesting but personally my personal view and i I think by the sound of the things you share the view um I i just can't see how the tory does anything more than he did last time yeah i i I do think that it's going to be do think it'll be a good fight I think that it will be an interesting fight in terms of both I think both of these guys are going to kind of treat it as a chess battle um, and not rush into it and not you know be be an amateur sort of, like you know you know when Jose Aldo lost against Conor and he and he's got a completely wrong game plan and he's rushing it he's rushing into it and in the first round like you're the champions like what are you doing? I I don't see either of those two fighters acting in that way be, only because of the history and 
the what's the word I'm looking for? The the An- way that An- the, animosity. Animosity, but the, also the way that the first fight was lost, where it's a yeah. split decision. It's not really like oh well, one knocked the other guy out, and it was clear cut. It's, it, you know we're talking about fine margins here. Um, and I think that I think that all of that weighed in. I think that this fight is going to be very very interesting. And I I wouldn't personally personally now I wouldn't expect to watch this fight and 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 see an absolute brawl and an absolute um yeah standing bang sort of absolute brawl of a fight. I think it's going to be very calculated. I think it's going to be very very tactical as well. Yeah, it will be. It will offer um, offer and show the intelligence of both fighters because you know Marvin is is a very he is a very talented fighter. He's just coming into the middleweight division at a time where you've got Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, who are both exceptional talents. Um, you know some some of the best in in the UFC as a, as a whole and. Izzy is Izzy is on his day the best fighter in the UFC uh, in terms of in terms of his like movement um, his feints and things like that. I just I just think when you watch him against some other fighters, I do think is 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 exceptional. Um, like I said, I I I hope he gets the knockout because it just finishes it then. You know, I know if he wins and he wins by decision, it still finishes the kind of aura around the fight. But if he knocks him out, it's 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 done. You know, there's That's no. That's a statement. That's a statement. Yeah, there's no. Oh well, this happened. That happened. If he finishes the fight after fighting uh, Blahovic last time out and losing, that's his kind of return to the division. You know, Back. I've knocked I've knocked out Marvin Vittori. Now come at me, kind of Robert Robert Whitaker. Let's let's go again, kind of thing. To be, to be honest, bro, I could I could very very well picture or imagine, you know, a, a first or second round knockout and is again the mic and saying, look, I'm back, and then using some sort of swear word and calling out the whole division. I could like that's that's got Izzy all over. Uh, because well, he, he had, of course, basically called out Darren Till himself, hadn't he? Um, oh, I don't want that for Darren Till. I think he's going to get torched. Yeah, he he basically called him out. There. He said, I want to fight Darren Till, didn't he, after his last fight? Was that yeah, against Blahovic? It could, could have been the fight before after he fought Paolo Costa. Probably because he uh, knows he's going to torch him up. Yeah, but he basically said, I, I want to fight Till. And as soon as I heard that, I was like... However much I want Till to fight for the uh, fight for the bout, that that is not something I want to see right now. <laughs> no, I don't think, think Darren Till's ready to fight for the belt. No, but anyway, so that's that's the main event. That is the uh, statement fight for this card. Um, the next, but the if, next that, fight if, if that if that didn't have enough for you, as you say, this next fight is uh, everything and more, really, isn't it? And there's also I was just about to say, the next fight down with this one, there's also history attributed to this fight as well. Yeah, there's, and this only goes back to, was it December they fought? 
Um, I ain't got a clue off the top of my head. But... I, think, I think it was, yeah, it was December. Yeah, December, yeah, it was. Because this, this here was uh, finished a draw between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. And this, this for me was as close to fart of the year as you could possibly get um, without getting it. <laughs> and it was such a wild fight. And if we, if we get half the fight that they gave last time, we're in for a treat because it was, it was brilliant. Oh, a sick fight. So good. I watched it back again. Um, Recently. Yeah, maybe Monday. And I just, I don't, I don't know how either guy stood up at the end of it. But they just, <laughs> they just did not stop for the 25 minutes it was just crazy and uh you know even even when brandon moreno he got clipped didn't he and the ref deducted figure eight of the point which which obviously is how it finished in a draw yeah yeah. um you know even even when it's when the referee stopped it that moreno was just like no carry on get me straight back in there and that's that's what you want to see isn't it that's what you want to see in these key fights you want to see people just no, I don't. I don't care that something's happened. This is my moment, and I and I want to show what I can. Exactly what Moreno did on the night, and you know, definitely deserved deserved the rematch as a result of it. Yeah, obviously going back to our last week's episode in terms of end, the end of year champions, I think we both kind of agreed that this fight kind of cements the overall. I guess. I guess I guess if either of these guys fight, win by a decision, then you could argue that they could, you know, do the trilogy fight because it'd be one win for the one fight and then a draw for both of them. So you could argue that they could do a trilogy fight as such. But I think that we both kind of agreed that this, the winner of this fight at the moment, will kind of set up I guess long term for the division and, and and the champion going forward, especially, well, especially going into the new year. But I think that we definitely will be lucky if we get anywhere near the quality of the fight that we got the first time round. And if we do, then bring it, bro, because this card's looking very, 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 very good. Very yeah, good. they. <clears throat> you know, when you, when you look at flyweights, um, they're obviously much much smaller than the fighters we were talking about on the previous card with, with the heavyweights. Um, you know, t- tiny blokes really. What are they like? Five five foot five, five foot six kind of height, and um, <laughs> you know, it's just just such such a disparity in size. But it doesn't mean that they don't offer you know power and potential knockout ability. They're more technical, you know, I find. Like, like yeah, they're... I agree. Like they like I like watching I do like watching some of the lower the lower divisions especially even women's because I find them I find they can be more technical and they're very light on their feet so the way the way they maneuver through like you know on on the mat through the octagon like it, it's it's just pleasing to the eye um and and looking at looking at some of the way that these well especially for Grado and Moreno looking at the way these two guys have won their fights you know. You're looking at submissions, you're looking at decisions, you're looking at TKOs, so that they're showing that they can win in more more than just one method. 
and they're not just like sort of you know one dimensional one trick pony um so them i find that they can be quite more skilled um and you know one fighter this one fighter that's usually in sort of people's goats or especially even top five mentions is Demetrius Johnson who was who was flyweight champion before he moved over or what before he lost the belt and then moved over to one and and look at him he's 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 probably one of the most best or one of the greatest all-around mixed martial artists that's been in the UFC and he was a flyweight tough so yeah flyweight doesn't really get the doesn't really grab the headlines it doesn't bring in the the, you know the views and the buys and and add you know put money into Dana's back pocket, but it's still a it's still a good division for pure mixed martial artist fans that do just like the technicality of the sport. Yeah, and if you know, and if people didn't know about these two guys before um, before December when they fought, you know they they will do now, and you know anyone listening hasn't hasn't tuned in for that fight please do go back and watch it yeah it is a war so it was so worth the watch honestly um but i just want to pick up on a point you made there on on figueredo really and how you know how how many finishes he's kind of got on on his record and how he has finished guys he's only got one loss on his record against uh formiga and other than that, he has just been exceptional like in ev- in every way as well. You know, you're getting a lot of first round finishes, uh, different kinds of chokes in there. Um, Bro, he's he got had, like eight. He's got like eight submission wins. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he and he had that great finish um, from twenty background of power finish against Benavidez as well in the first fight they had. Um, when he didn't make when he didn't make weight yeah that's it um but he's you know he's 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 a scary scary bloke man and if if he can come through moreno uh which i'm i'm quite confident he can do uh with his skill set um you know he'll he'll sit on the division for a while really because he just has he just has that kind of terrifying ability to find a way through any fighter they put him in against. Um, you know, he's got that Brazilian background, so kind of that that ground game is always going to be there, isn't it? You know, yeah. they they've all got it really. And um, you know, his, his jiu-jitsu is just fantastic. Uh, it's it's so nice to watch. Yeah, it's gonna. I I. I... I hope we're in for a treat, and I I really do hope we are. Um, I'm not going to go into it expecting, you know, the same quality of the first fight, because if it if it doesn't live up to that, then I'm going to be automatically gutted. But I do think that we are going to have a good fight on our hands, especially especially when we come on to the next fight down. Yeah, well, well, let's do that. Let's go on to the next fight down. So that is uh, that is our. Our home, our homeboy Leon Edwards against uh, America's own Nate Diaz. This, <laughs> I just every every fight you look at on this card just just excites me. All of them. Um, this fight is 
for me, out of the three, this is the fight I cannot wait for the most. Yeah, I mean, I think this is my headliner. And it's it's even, mad even to think that this is third down, down, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm just excited Nate's back, and I think that, um, obviously, I support the Brits. I do support the Brits, but I think that Nate is going to be too much for Rocky, and I think that Nate is going to come away with a victory. See, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect you to say that, I must admit. This this for me, when, when I look at this uh, opportunity now for Leon Edwards and the kind, of cu- the kind of couple of years he's had, you know, since he fought um, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, he's just been on a roller coaster, really. He was supposed to fight um, Tyrone Woodley, that called off, didn't it? That was supposed to be in London, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that was supposed to go ahead right at the start of the pandemic, that was. That obviously was one of the first cards to drop off. Um, and then he was booked probably two, three, four times for uh, that Chemaev fight, which never happened because uh, Hamza obviously contracted COVID. And then after all of that, he ends up going in against a guy so much lower than him in the divisions. After being cut from the UFC rankings completely randomly, uh, he goes in against Bilal Mohammed and gets a no contest for the eye poke. And you just think, how can a guy have such bad luck like this? And I see this now as his opportunity on a huge huge UFC card um, stacked full of fighters there's a lot of Brits on there which we'll, which we'll give uh, honourable mentions to in a moment it's his opportunity to finally say I'm here in this division give me my title and, shot and, and I want that title shot now and if, and if he beats Nate Diaz how can anyone say he does not deserve that I think um, I think I think Leon Edwards has probably been one of the most harshly treated fighters by the UFC. Um, but on the flip side, there's there was that drama that he was declining fights and not not accepting. I think he like declined like two three fights that the UFC proposed to him. So it's kind of is he cherry picking who he wants to fight against and and that we know that you know that doesn't sit right with Dana 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 hates like all that that nonsense and he will just he will just be a, be a dickhead to you and he and was it Leon Edwards did he it was Leon Edwards when he removed him from the from the rankings didn't it yeah he did yeah so he took him took him out of the rankings because he liked because uh, he declined the fight or wouldn't. Oh, it was it was that Chimaya fight. It's because he wouldn't accept the Chimaya fight. Um, so we know we know Dana can be can be a dickhead like that. So, but I don't know. I, just, I think it's a massive, massive shot for for Leon Edwards. Massive shot if he if he comes in and you know knocks out Nate. Or I don't think he's going to tap him out personally. But if he finishes Nate in any method that he can that's a massive like beat beating his chest on the world stage like look at me now give me my title shot but 
but I think we have to kind of take into consideration that you know they're saying Nate Nate isn't a bum. You know Nate Nate Nate's been in these situations before where he's where he's coming on a final shorter than such notice or he's coming on a fight against you know and and you gone on gone a winning streak or you know a gone a hot streak or whatnot and, you know Nate Nate's been in a promotion for years bro so like I don't know I think can't can't underestimate Nate um and his his fight his fine ability a lot the other thing as well that kind of doubts me for for Rocky is that a lot of his wins have come by decision Nate, yeah we yeah we were back or hyping up other guys' stamina, but come on bro, this is Nate. Nate Diaz we're talking about, like even Nick the Diaz brothers as a whole, like these guys are on another planet. Like bro, these I remember remember he used to play UFC two and Nate Diaz would have the marathon perk where he's like as long as he's walking, as long as he's moving in the octagon, he gets stamina. So like bro, yeah. guys, like we're talking about talking about some. This guy runs marathons, bro. Like Nate, Nate's a G. So I think that he's a he's a triathlete or something. That's yeah, that's it. That's it. Not yeah. marathon triathlete. Yeah, that's it. But um, I lost my train of thought now. But I think the the decision aspect is definitely going to benefit Nate more so than Rocky. But Nate's stand up isn't obviously the strongest. So if Leon Edwards were to keep the fight on his feet then that's his method to victory, I think. But yeah. that fight, as soon as that fight gets on the mat, you want to get you want to get on your feet, bro, because Nate, Nate's a dog on the floor. Yeah, and, you, and you've seen it in the past, haven't you, when Nate will just lie on his back and almost invite a fighter to do something silly, you know, where they'll yeah. try and go for ground and pound and he'll, and he'll catch something himself. And, and get you to the floor. So I just think Leon needs to not get involved in any of that. Play his own game, uh, as you say. Keep it on its feet. He he will land. He will land significant definitely, strikes definitely, on definitely. Uh, on Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz, as his face is just scar tissue. Um, you know he will he will open him up. Like Nate Diaz will bleed. Like I've not <laughs> I can't remember the last fight I watched of Nate Diaz's where he didn't get cut up. Um, and Leon Edwards, from you know from his fights I've seen. Um, he is quite renowned really for being very precise with his strikes so he might not land high volumes um, in some of the fights but he will land uh, precisely where he wants that you know that shot to land kind of lay up his shots a lot more than than some other fighters so I mean I mean I'm I'm always going to back the Brit you know I'm going to get in their corner anyway and I love Nate Diaz, you know, his, his history with the UFC, um, everything he's done for the sport, his name. But for me, Leon Edwards, this is your moment. Um, you know, take it, just just smash it, really. And, and I really hope he does he does get the finish because that's the statement he needs um, to cement his place, you know, in, in, in getting that fight against Kamaru recent. Usman, which again would be a rematch, wouldn't it? Because he obviously uh, lost to Usman uh, way, way back in 2015, and it's another example, much like the Vittori one. There's a lot of crossovers yeah. Yeah, where uh, Leon Edwards has not lost since he lost that fight to uh, Kamara Usman. It would be very, 
bit of an interesting fitting. one. Very fitting if he was to um, fight fight him and you know if Vittori fights Izzy and wins and you know, Leon fights um, Usman and wins, it'd be very fitting and quite quite fairy tale esque. But one thing I will quickly just say before we move on is that Leon Edwards, he's he's got 18 wins. He's only won six by knockout, nine by decision. So I think we're asking a lot for Leon Edwards to get a finish. He's, had, he's already had three wins by submission, six by knockout. So I think we'd be asking a lot for him to get a finish. Um, I think that it will be a decision. And I think that that decision win is going to go to Nate Diaz. And while I'm interested to see which one of us takes this one now, uh, just that I kind of guess it adds to the excitement a bit when we uh, have opposite views on it like that. So uh, I don't think either of us will be disappointed either way. Um, you know, based based on the fact that Leon Leon's a Brit there and and Nate's obviously a hero in in the UFC really in that respect. So I'm I'm very excited for that one and. Uh, that will certainly carry the excitement through to the co-main and, and main events, which are the title fights as well. So just moving, we'll go quite swiftly through through a couple of others just on the card then, just to just to round things off today. Um, notably, we've got uh, Bilal Mohammed, who's going to take on Damian Meyer um, in the fight just before Leon Edwards. Um, me and you were chatting beforehand about how disappointed Bilal Mohammed was that he wasn't given the rematch against Leon Edwards. Um, but I think I, the, reality, the reality of it was that um, it was very unlikely to, that he was ever going to get the rematch because Leon was so much higher in the rankings anyway. And as soon as this Nate fight come up, that was always going to be the fight, wasn't it, to make for, for the UFC? Yeah, I, I would be... I, I would be the same as Bilal Mohammed. I can I can understand his frustration, but if you're Leon Edwards and you can fight someone that's below you in the rankings or someone that has fought Conor McGregor twice and beaten him and is a staple name in the division, who who are you picking, bro? Yeah, that's it. There's, there's, you, there's, 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 there's no argument, is there? Yeah, it's it's a no contest. Like I'm fighting Nate all day long. You'd be a fool not to take the Nate fight. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, stupid. Doesn't matter what, what you think and how you think the fight will go. You've just got to take it and and and, and you've got to hope that your skill set is enough to beat him. Um, it'll be an interesting fight between Damian Meyer and Bilal Mohammed because both of these guys are gonna both of these guys are strongest. You know when they're grappling or when they're on the mat. And Damian Meyer is one of the best grapplers in the UFC period, so I think that it's even be, even to this day, yeah, that's yeah, it, like, even at his like, age. Yeah, he's amazing. Like he's one of the best period. Um, I think that it will be an interesting fight, but I think the kind of I think Damian Meyer is kind of at that stage of his career now where he's a gatekeeper as such. You know, where they just pummel him through with these young young guys, and. The young guys get the dub and then bounce on to pastures new. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be a win for Bilal Mohammed. Yeah, that's and it's a very exciting fight as you say. So and and again, it's another one that will kind of carry us through into these 
main event fights um, and add a lot of excitement, I think, because you could see a very, very interesting three rounds there between two very skilled fighters. Um, so opening up the main card, I'll just give a mention to these guys because... Uh, as we like to say on this podcast, we we like to get the prelims involved um, down on the undercard, but also show our love to to the Brits, as uh, we are both both British ourselves. So, yes, cool. um, opening up the main card is uh, Paul Craig against uh, Jamahal Hill. This is a brilliant fight at lightweight uh, between two guys who are. Um, at the bottom of the light um, light heavyweight rankings, but two guys who are at very different points in their uh, tra- trajectories, I guess. Um, so even though Craig is on a three-fight win streak, he is, I guess, kind of considered like a gatekeeper of the division. Um, he seems to fight a lot of guys who are on something and O, o records. Um, it's almost like the UFC don't want to give him any credit at all. Yeah, they're just there uh, to just sort of fodder, really. That's they're it. Just, so, yeah, just there. But what, from what I know about both guys, you will see, um, you will see a, a good, solid approach from Craig. He is not going to let his position up easily. Uh, for Hill at all he's not going to let young blood kind of just come in and take his position he's worked hard to get where he is um, and he and he and he's a very good submission artist he's, he's got a lot on his record so he will uh, he will look to finish the fight where where possible um, I will quickly just say on his Scottish counterpart who is on this on this card uh, we've got Lauren Murphy against Joanne Calderwood. Uh, this is a title eliminator fight at flyweight for the women. Uh, I like both of these fighters. I think they've both got uh, exceptionally talented um, backgrounds and, and, and good records kind of coming into the fight um, in terms of people who they have fought. And, and beaten I am always going to back the Brit as I, as I said previous um, and Jojo Calderwood is a very very good striker um, yeah, if, she like can keep, if she can keep things standing she will she will lay punches into her uh, but Lauren Murphy is no joke in this division and uh, she'll fancy herself getting a shot at that title also and last but by no means least, um, you've got Eric Anders against Darren Stewart. This is now, a this rematch. Is, this is a rematch, yeah, because the fight got called off initially um, during the fight. Is it for a legal knee, I want to say? Yeah, a legal yeah, knee, so the, no uh, contest. It's on the John Edwards Mohammed fight as well. Yeah, also I remember it. It was like a cut, night, a cut. night of no contests. <laughs> um, but this, so this fight was initially um, made at middleweight. Both these guys are middleweights. Uh, it's now actually being fought at light heavyweight, um, which is a weight I think 
both guys will be more comfortable at. Um, I did watch an interview of Darren Stewart saying that he he personally is not at a point in his career now where he wants to be making such drastic weight cuts to get down. You know, he walks around at light heavyweight um, and doesn't want to be making that big cut. It takes too much away from his game. It takes too much away from his camp. So I I'm quite excited for this fight actually. A because there's a bit of background anyway with the no contest, but B because you're seeing two guys who I would normally be fighting at a lower weight division actually using that additional weight that they normally carry around to see how how they get on in in the higher weight class. Um, so I I think that will be a uh, an exciting fight that's probably gone a bit under the radar on a very very busy card. Yeah, I think I think that's just testament to how stacked this card is overall. Um and I do hope that we I do hope that we get to see our Brits come away with come away with a dub. But of of all the Brits I'd probably say I think that Darren Stewart's probably got the best chance of winning his winning their fight against their respective opponent. But who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out on the weekend. But Thanks, guys, for listening or listening to this end of the podcast. It's been fun recording for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Do you want to say anything before we wrap up, Josh? No, just appreciate if you've uh, stuck around to the end and uh, hopefully we've been able to sell a couple of the uh, lower down fights on the undercard and hopefully my bad um, my bad luck doesn't continue. <laughs> I reckon you need to just keep your um, suggestion to yourself. Um, yeah, that might until, be a smart idea. Until it's been confirmed at weigh-ins. We should do yeah. that, I reckon. Or maybe even just like just before the fight. Maybe I'll just tweet it out. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Well, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll think of something because this, this case has got to stop, bro. It really does. Really I appreciate you tuning in, guys, anyway, and uh, all the best. Nice one, guys. As always, undercard pod or socials. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>